0: Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I am Dr. Alfred Fisher. I am so glad that you are here tuning in today and listening to God's Holy Word. Our hope and prayer here at Christ Covenant is that you are blessed by our broadcast and that you might seek to come and check us out. Come and Fellowship with us—we would love to meet you, love to have the opportunity to fellowship with you, and just be able to worship Christ, our King, with you. So this morning, uh, I do remind you to come down and check out our services at thirteen twenty West Milana Avenue at ten thirty a.m. You are welcome. Masks are optional if you want to wear it. You're com- be comfortable. Be at peace. Come and fellowship with us. We'd love to meet you. Uh, Let's open this up with some prayer. Oh God, our eternal Father. Father, we come to you with thanksgiving in our hearts. Father, we come to you not in our own name, not of our own accord, not of our own ability, but in recognition of our sovereign King, that of Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Father, we thank you that He paid the price for our sins, that He was our propitiation, and that through His sacrifice, as the Lamb of God, we are able to call You Father, and that You hear our prayers. Lord, we pray for peace upon our land. We pray that You would have mercy upon our souls, that people would be turning to You in these desperate times, in these times of turmoil, in these times of strife, in these times of conflict, Lord, we come to you and the name that above that is above all names, Jesus the Christ, our Lord, and ask, Lord, for you to heal our land, for we confess before you, Almighty God, that our land is full of iniquity, that it is sick, that it is in desperate need of the blood of Christ. We thank you for the grace and mercy you have bestowed upon us, for we are not worthy, Lord. But we thank you that you hear us, that you call us by name, and that you are still seated on the very throne. And Lord, we submit ourselves to you and ask that you would be made known among us, that you, O God, would move in such a mighty way that people help, but see you in this time. We pray that there be clarity of thought and discernment, that there be wisdom imparted, that there would be a desire for repentance. And out of this, may there be a genuine revival of people calling upon you, drawing close to you, God, seeking your face and worshiping you for who you are. Lord, that is our prayer. We recognize that you are still on the throne, that you are in session, that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And we ask you, Lord, move on our behalf. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, my dear friends, we are going to continue in our series on the session. And last week I gave you a brief introduction, and this morning we're going to continue discussing the session of Christ, for he is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. When he ascended into heaven, he was then seated, ruling and reigning. Throughout history, the church has had creeds. The churches had different things that helped to define theology and explain, if you will, theology means a system of belief, and helped to explain that for people. And at various points in history, the written word was really accessible for everyone. And so the creeds really helped because people would... Memorize them, they would recite them, they would begin to think on them, and they became creeds of confession. And one of those such creeds is the Apostles' Creed. And one of the statements that is found in it is that it tells us that Jesus ascended into heaven and that he is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. That is a point. In theology. However, this is a pervasive phrase, if you will. It's a fact that is crucial in the mind of the earliest Christians. And I, I want you to understand what I'm talking about, because it's talking about the death and the resurrection. And without the death of Christ and his resurrection, there would be no Christianity. But this pervasive phrase is crucial to us today, because we still believe what the Word of God says, it was even more critical to those of the early church and the early believers because they were dying for this faith. They were dying for it. Today, here in the United States, we are not necessarily dying for our Christian faith. We are Sometimes made uncomfortable, sometimes feel put out, uh, things of that nature, but it's not the extreme of which the early church underwent. Now, in the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it tells us before his death that he would be exalted, that he would be seated. Before the death of Christ, he was telling the of this fact. Now, if you will, if you have your Bible, I would like for you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 25, specifically verse 31. But I want to give you a little bit of background, if you will. A little bit of context. And if there's one thing that you ever learned from me, that you ever learn from our messages, context is very important. Understanding how Scripture was written, why it was written, the setting it was written, allows us to do what is called in theological terms a historical exegetical process. Now, I know those are big words, so let me break those down for you to help you understand. Basically, we want to understand the history, the setting for which this was written. That is important for any text. But the exegetical process simply means this. You allow the Scripture to support, complement, and explain Scripture. That is much different from what is often done today of an eisegetical approach. You'll find if you're not careful many pastors will take and do an eisegetical approach. That means they'll take a single verse, maybe two or three verses, out of context and try and apply it incorrectly into a a means that would support their statement. And we don't want to do that. So I want to give you a few verses surrounding this. Uh, Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25 and let's go to verse 14, and we'll read through past uh, verse 31. Starting in verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who has called his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Let me break that down for you. What he's saying is he gave them finances according to what he believed they were able to do with it. Now let's go on. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise... He he that had received two, he also granted other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, thou hast that is thine. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Now what that means is you should have invested it so that I would gain at least the interest on it. Now my friends, before I go any further, notice how Christ prefaced this whole thing that we're starting with about the kingdom of heaven. And that the the Lord went away, but he left the goods, he left the the talents, he left the the power, the resources to his servants. Now, my friends, here's what this is. You have workers in the field who God has blessed immensely. And they're working diligently in ministry, working diligently to grow the kingdom of God. And then you have those, like many Christians today, that take, I'm saved, and I'm not going to witness, and I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to hide what I have because I don't want to risk losing it. I don't want to risk the chastisement of possibly having lost some of the money. Well, my friends, that's us today. That's many Christians in this country today. We receive the talent. We receive our salvation, but we hide it. We don't even take the opportunity to plant seeds to witness. We hide what it is God has imparted to us to do, and God calls that wickedness. Now, let's go on. See the, the usury there? That is the interest, and that interest... Our souls. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given and he that have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, Let's talk about what's coming up in verse 31 in regards to the session. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And He shall set the sheep on His right hand and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then, my friends, remember I told you just a minute ago about the witness? Let me show you the witness as given in Holy Scripture. You see, we have this horrible misconception in many churches and even in many of you who are hearing today that the idea of witnessing is going out and knocking on doors going out and and holding a sign going out and proclaiming with a megaphone that you're a Christian that you are a follower of Christ but listen listen to what the bible says listen to what Jesus Christ himself called the witness of those who were found faithful at his coming. Listen to this. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Do you notice the acts of service? The acts of ministering, which is what service means, to minister. And reaching out to those who are less fortunate, who are in need. My dear friends, if we serve the risen King, He is the God of our life. That we are to be in the service of our King because He has given us the instruction. Last week we read about the Great Commission. Many of you have heard that. And I want to encourage you to do something. Look beyond yourself and meet the needs of those around you through the agape love that God has imparted to you when you received your salvation. Now, let me explain that word agape in case you don't know what that means. Agape love is very simple. It cannot be man-derived. It cannot be something that you developed, it has to come from God. It is has its origin in God. It is God-breathed, God-given unto you. It is holy. It is pure. It is selfless. That is the agape love. And if you're interested, if you were to look at the fruit of the Spirit, when it says love, it's that same word, agape. Now, my friends, look at what most of us would fall into and it's sad it's really sad because we have developed a mindset of not having to serve demonstrate or live out our faith and we are going to be held accountable for that then shall the righteous answer him saying lord And this is something I want you to to see here. Before I go on any further, I want you to pay attention to these words that Christ gave as what the answer from those faithful servants would be. Hear me, pay attention to this. And I'm going to explain something to you here in a moment. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink, When saw we the stranger, and took thee in? Or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we the sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now my friends, think about the depth of that verse a little bit. Here we have the faithful servant who, in the name of Christ, who, because of their love and the grace they had received from the salvation and the mercy imparted unto them, served out of the fullness of their hearts to those who were in need. And they did not give it a second thought They did it because they loved Christ so much, so much, and they knew their own wretched, depraved state. They're totally depraved, unable to save or regenerate themselves before Christ. They recognized that, and they acted upon it now my friends do you do you act upon it do you consider this because everyone that you minister to everyone that you serve in the name of christ the bible says right here in red letters if you've done it unto the least of these my brethren you've done it unto me do you unfortunately many of us today would fall into this latter category. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in, naked, and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. And then notice the response. Notice the response that that Christ depicts here. Because my friends, many of us today, many of you who may be listening to this, many who sit in the church pews often look with disdain on someone in need. Often look with derision when someone comes in with clothing that is not their style or not their standard. And my friends, one of the purposes of Christ being in session is to build the kingdom. Well, he gave us the tools. He gave us the ability to work. He gave us the calling, the commission, the command to go and spread the gospel, and yet what do we do? We make ourselves comfortable first, and then we Bow our necks. We harden our necks. We refuse to bow down. We stiffen our backs when someone needs help because it's an imposition. Well, my friends, we are called by Jesus Christ Himself to go and make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them. And yet, and yet, we turn up our noses and come up with excuses. Oh, well, you know, they they may... They don't really need it. Man, if they would just go get a job. Well, we got social programs for that. They can have food stamps. Well, my friends, why are you allowing the government to step in when God has placed it on your heart? Why are you allowing the government to rule and to serve and usurp the church when God has clearly given the mission to the church And has called for us to be the ones serving, ministering, meeting the needs in the glory of Christ that we would be able to spread the gospel of our risen Savior. Shame on us. Shame on us. Hear what, hear the response of these people as said by Christ and ask yourself, which camp do you fall into? If we go back here, to verse 44, it says, Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we in hungered, or thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me and they shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. My friends, part of the session of Christ is us serving and growing the kingdom, ministering in the name of Christ with what we have been given, what we've been called to, what we have been ordained into doing. We have put our hand to the plow Christ Himself told us to pick up our cross daily and follow Him. Now, I want you to think about this. Think about Christ carrying His cross to Calvary, down the road, after He'd been beaten, after He'd been scourged, spit upon, carrying His cross. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing to pick up your cross and follow him as you saw him getting beaten, as you saw him bloody, exhausted, people mocking him, people chastising him? There's no difference in what we are called to do and what Christ did. We are called to pick up the cross daily and follow him, submit ourselves unto the cross of Christ. Follow our Lord. Follow our Lord. He has told us what we are to do. If we want to be found faithful and enter into eternal life and not cast into the outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, then we serve because our God, our King, is in session. He is ruling and reigning at this very moment in time. He is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And He has called us into service. As you see on the news and you see these people protesting, wanting peace and love and and proclaiming an awful death, proclaiming an unjust death, let me ask you a question. What peace and hope can they find outside of Christ? Your answer should be nothing. And so as you see all the anger, as you see all the pain, as you see all the disgust and the hatred and the venom and the riots and people looting and people stealing, my question for you is this. Where are you in the midst? Are you willing to display the love of Christ, share the gospel, the hope of the resurrection that we have, the hope of eternal life that we have with a world that is lost and that is dying. That is what Christ has called us to. That is our reason for being here today. We are called to be the servants of the living God. My prayer for you is that you will be found faithful, that you would be found serving, ministering, meeting the needs in the name of Christ. You never know when you entertain angels unaware. So my friends, would you please consider joining us at 1030 this morning? Would you consider even supporting this ministry Every part, every donation that comes in goes into ministry. Every donation that is received goes into service in our community and getting the gospel message out to people, putting boots on the ground, if you will. We would love to have your support. We would love to have you come visit us at 1320 West Nolana Avenue here in in downtown McAllen. We would also invite you to go to our Facebook page You can get our full-length sermons on our Facebook Live. You can click Like. We'll invite you. You can get updates every time we have something new going on. And you can also go to ChristCovenantMcAllen.org, and there you can give. You can see our past sermons. You can learn a little bit about us. And if you want to send us an email, we will get back to you. If you want to get to know us, we would love to get to know you. Our prayer is that you would be blessed, edified, encouraged, and uplifted today. We thank you for listening. May God bless you. And again, thanks for listening to Driven to the Cross.